You're listening to Passing Points, brought to you by MTR Productions. The Lucas Oil American Sprint Car Series! This is what you saved your lunch money for! Welcome to episode number 56 of Passing Points Podcast, presented by Same Day Auto Repair. I'm your host, Michael Tyree. My co-hosts, Travis Ashwood and Lane Goodman in the house. And we got a fun show for you. It's great to have Lane back. It's great to have Lane back. It's great to be back. Was your vacation good? <laughs> what vacation? <laughs> his, work, his workcation. Yeah. Hey, we were giving you we were giving you plugs. We did, we did your commercial for you. Oh, we did a commercial, for, commercial you. for you last week. Yeah, it was corporate approved and everything. Mm-hmm. I was like, man... My house is kind of drafty. Who do I call for windows? <laughs> Lane Goodman. <laughs> Who are you going to call? <laughs> Jeez. Well, uh, we got. That, uh, though, you can give me a call. Yeah. <laughs> so we got outlaw results to cover USAC Sprint and Midget, ASCS Regional. We got a hot new Micro Minute. Hoss Talks is back. Uh, Pick them segment. We've got JJ Hickel for interview. So this is going to be a pretty salty episode. Let's kick things off with our open segment brought to you by A1 Machine Shop. And this open segment is going to be essentially a part two to last week. Uh, we got Joshua Shipley back from Arizona. There has been some uh, breaking news in the Arizona Speedway case against the state, so to speak. So, Josh, thanks for coming back. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you for having me again. So uh, for the listeners out there, uh, we've seen late late Saturday night um, posts making their way around social media that there was an announcement at the track. So why don't you go ahead and uh, break it to everybody, Josh, that hasn't actually heard or seen the announcement yet. Yeah. Uh, hey, real quick before we get into that, because uh, we're going to talk about outlaws on the show tonight. I just got to ask, can we start cheering for John Donnie Schatz again? Yes, right. I want win 300 so bad. Me too, and it's like it's it's what's what's the holdup here? I mean, this just ain't good. I think it's probably I'm a Donny Shots fan, so that's why I'm asking. <laughs> I am too. You guys are friends. I am too. <laughs> I, I went to the Outlaw race last weekend and and bought two Donny Shots shirts. <laughs> Fantastic. Got my heat free hero card in now. the bag and everything. <laughs> Did you get his autograph? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, said, uh, guys, we know the line news. was too long. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was ridiculous. So, anywho, is that really why you didn't get his autograph? Was the line was too long? No. Or is that was a joke. <laughs> Please tell me that's a joke. It was a joke. Okay, thank God. <laughs> I would have waited. <laughs> you see Michael six six coming through there, beating some eight year old kid out of the way to get his freaking twenty four scale sprint car pushes signed. the kids yeah. down. <laughs> Breaks his die cast and tells him to go buy another one. I got a shirt that needs signed. I drove five hours for this. So, anywho, Arizona Speedway. Yeah, quick subject change. Yeah. yeah. Hey, guys, uh, we actually got really, really good news about um, the Arizona Speedway this week. Um, I think I touched a little bit about talking to Lisa Atkins, the Arizona State um, Land Department Commissioner. And truth be told, guys, she's been on our side uh, trying to get an ethical resolution for the racing community to not shut the racetrack down in just a matter of weeks. But 
to give the racetrack and the racing community time to finish the season because everybody's already invested in, in an off season to prepare their race cars through our race season goes through November. Uh, we end at Thanksgiving weekend out here. So um, Lisa was, was kind enough to make a proposal to Jonah Trussell to expect, to extend the special use permit for the land, because obviously they're not going to build houses on it probably within a year or two, at least to finish our season. And in that time, the land department helped Jonah Trussell or whoever may want to step up to build another racetrack on a piece of property where we won't run into this issue. That's not on state trust land zoned for housing. So uh, I got to tell you, it was uh, quite an intense moment. The driver's meeting, they asked uh, all the drivers to show up at the flag stand uh, right after hot laps. And they were going to do a presentation for Jonah. There were 197 race cars at the facility within six classes. It was insane. I've never seen it packed like this. It was even worse than when the outlaws were in town, legitimately standing room only. So there were so many people that somehow or another, they ran over the main court for the PA system. We didn't even have a PA system in the, in the pits. It was chaos. So we go up there for the drivers, uh, you know, with the drivers to, you know, give this award, um, in front of the fans. And I mean, like I told you guys, it's just packed. And, uh, Jonah looks at me and he says, I'm going to tell them, well, I knew what he was talking about because Lisa Atkins, the commissioner had called me Friday night to tell me that the extension was signed and he knew I knew and that the land department and our promoter came to terms. And he said, Josh, I don't know what's going to happen. Don't let them kill me is basically how the look was on his face. He was bent. I mean, I thought he was going to pass out. He was so nervous to tell these people that thought they were at the last race that, Hey, we're continuing on. And when he told the fans that we were going through November 30th, the place went crazy. That's awesome. Um, April fools. (laughs) (laughs) And that's kind of what I told him. I was like, man, this is a pretty bad April fool's joke. And he's like, but we really, and, and, and truth be told, you know, there's a, the racing rumors that this was planned, like a furniture going out of business sale, you know, furniture oh, store yeah. going out of business sale deal. And, and guys, I, I can tell you with proof that that was not the case. I mean, Jonah really thought he was going in one to try not to get sued and basically just finish it off that, that Arizona Speedway was getting the ax Friday afternoon. But, um, the land department wanted to do best for the racing community and Lisa Atkins made that happen. So Guys, we're going to get to finish this season and hopefully find a new place to move our racetrack for next year. I would say that this Lisa Atkins probably just gained a whole lot of votes, huh? I, you know, I don't know if that's a position we vote for or if oh, okay. she's appointed, but she's got my vote. Yeah, uh, she's and and I'll be honest with you, uh, I I invited her to a race. Yeah, I told her it's that's probably good. not a good idea that you tell them what you do, but you yeah. could be Lisa. That's a race fan. Yeah, <laughs> and she told me she's never been to one and she'd absolutely love it. So, um, be sure and buy her. She pit said pass. she'd love to see this. That's right. So the the land commissioner will definitely have a free pit pass. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So when you you talked earlier about they're going to help you guys develop new land, and I know last week you had mentioned that they have pieces of property that. Even your, if you had kids and your kids' kids would never see developed, um, is, is that what she's talking about in helping you guys develop a new piece of property? Or are we talking something that might be able to be kind of lifetime locked into a racing facility because it's never going to be developed into housing for some particular reason? 
so that's that's what they're aiming for is something that would be locked into a racing facility. Um, she didn't really give me specifics on on where the property is. Um, in conversations I've had with with Jonah Trussell, there's a a parcel that is near the landfill, and nobody really wants to live next to the landfill, right? Um, as yeah, a matter of we'll fact, race the racetrack right? and that's right. I we, think I've raced sure it. Some will. Of them. <laughs> <laughs> I've raced it a few dumps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, like the racetrack in Tucson, Arizona, is literally right next to a dump, and that land will never be developed for housing. Um, and, uh, we have in Arizona, because it only rains a couple times a year when we get serious rains, I mean, it floods, um, it, you, it's incredible. The, they call them flash floods. These dried up rivers become just moving water fixtures that destroy. And, um, we had a lot of problems in the early nineties with it destroying and filling up the streets, the water, whenever we had these big storms and now they've created earth dams and stuff that are in floodplain areas. And as a matter of fact, um, the micro track now here at Adobe Mountain Speedway is in a piece of land that is right next to one of those earth dams, and it can never be developed for houses. But there are houses within a quarter mile of it. They do have a curfew, but there are no complaints. And that that piece of land is for a go-kart track, um, a road go-kart, uh, excuse me, a road course go-kart track, and now the mini sprint track. Um, and then some softball fields. So that racetrack is safe here too, because they've got it on the correct piece of land. So is every racetrack in Arizona on government appointed land, or is there any racetracks that are privately owned and the government can't do anything about it? I don't know of any of the racetracks that are private privately owned here. And interesting. Matter of fact, that's something, that's something that Jonah Trussell was telling me was that it's, the cost of the land here is too expensive to purchase. Uh, so we'll just call, you know, a, a 20 acre parcel cost you, I'm just throwing numbers out here, but $10 million. And then you have to put another 10 or 20 million to build a facility. And that's where the struggle is to do it privately. Yeah. You're never, yeah. Yeah. The, so the ROI is just isn't there. You, right. You basically have to be, be Mr. Lucas oil. And right. come in with just an insane <laughs> amount of money and, and make it happen. Yeah, and then build in your hometown so, of 342 people. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So, guys, um, it was an incredible event, though. Um, free fireworks show. I don't know if you guys know this, but fireworks are totally illegal here in Arizona. Um, so was, that another, was that another, was that another uh, middle finger like the mufflers? Well, I think so because that <laughs> fireworks show went off at about midnight oh, and it geez. was long. <laughs> That's awesome. So it was pretty cool. No mufflers, both wing and non-wing sprint cars, 24 non-wing sprint cars, uh, 22 winged ASCS sprint cars put on a great show. Um, I think there was 41 sport mods, uh, 45 bombers. They ran a 45 main flat main event. Thank God I was already on for that one. That would have taken forever. Um, who, and then they had a, I think it was an IMCA stock car class that had like 25 cars. Great showing. Who who are your, at least your sprint car winners. Do you know your sprint car winners? Uh, yeah, the sprint car winners and the non-wing were Zach Madrid and the wing winners, uh, was, uh, uh, JT Imperial. And you guys will have to find the video of the wing race. It, it's worth talking about. There's some con- controversy on how the win happened between him and John Carney. <laughs> I hadn't seen it. Did you see it, Lane? No, I didn't. I hadn't seen it either. 
I just uh, my buddy yeah. Colton said he was pretty disappointed about running running second. I believe is what he ran. Yeah, Col- Colton had a Colton had a pretty fast race car as he yep. always does, and uh, but uh, I don't think he had anything for JT that night. Yeah, I heard he had, for sure. JT was on some rails. So JT was on some rails, and um, things got pretty aggressive for the lead. And uh, sounds to me like JT. Well, it is what happened. JT turned the uh, John Carney around to get take the win. Hmm. Well, there you go. Well, JT hasn't won a race in a long time, so. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Josh, we appreciate you coming back on the show. And, you know, like we said last week, we wanted to have you back on the show just as soon as there was uh, any positive news uh, for the situation. And I'm glad it only took a week. Yeah, me too. And one of the things uh, Jonah Trussell said to the fans was that our big shows at the end of the year are still going to be here. So the Western world. Uh, the Copper Classic, um, and then I think there's a big modified show that comes through. So that's really exciting that we could possibly have uh, the USAC National guys here again uh, before it closes and then end it with the Copper Classic, which is uh, ASCS, which isn't a national tour show, but some of the national guys come. All the 360 guys from uh, Northern California come, and it's a it's a great show, wing and non-wing sprint cars to, to end it's 11-year tenure at, uh, at Arizona Speedway. Well, that's pretty awesome, man. Glad to hear it. Thanks, guys. Keep doing what you're doing, man. We appreciate you. All right. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Thanks, guys. Go Donnie Shots. Go Donnie Shots. <laughs> 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 see you, see you guys. See ya. That's pretty good news for the Arizona racing community. Yeah, uh, that's exciting. Yeah, we appreciate Josh taking the time for the second week in a row to join us for our A1 Machine Shop open segment. With that being said, you guys got any when, topics when's, you when's this talk charity about? race? Uh, it's usually like uh, December. Or is it? Yeah. We should tr- see if we can get out there for it this year. Well, he asked me to come out last year and he had a cart for me to drive. Really? And I told him I couldn't. It was pretty short notice last year. It was only like a month. But, yeah, I'd love to get out there for his charity race. That's pretty cool. Maybe between the three of us, we could all make the drive. <laughs> yeah. Maybe Lane can find us some carts. Why do, I have, why do I have the connection? You, didn't you do that at one time? Uh, you, yeah, well, once. In, <laughs> yeah, so, about a blue moon ago. <laughs> a lot of things happen after a blue moon. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that was like 15, 16, 2015, 2016. We didn't We didn't get blue moons this week. No, I was about to ask you if you wanted me to grab you one, though, because I'm still running in the on fridge. No, oh, we still got some? Yeah. Yeah, I'll take one. All right. Mute me. Yep. Beer run for the fellas. So, go ahead, Michael. Just go ahead and talk much well, yourself. Well, I think uh, that pretty much does it for the open segment, and I do, do, believe it's about time to move on. So <laughs> You can hear the bottles in the background. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So... Up next, we will be talking about our Lucas Oil American Sprint Car Series National Tour Review. Um, not much to review there. Uh, the No races this weekend, uh, or this past weekend, but coming up this weekend, we have April 10th there at Boot Hill Speedway in Greenwood, Louisiana. So that's, uh, that's what's up next for the ASCS. But we'll, we'll have to talk to the regional race was good. It is. It's it was, week. and we'll talk about that a little later on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, we, moving on. Well, we got our Flow Racing All-Star Circuit of Champions. I actually have a little bit of action to talk about. Uh, Friday night, April 2nd, actually had a rain out, so no action there. But the third, uh, and this is all at Attica Raceway Park, Saturday night, they did get their race in, and actually it wasn't even in the night. 
it was like late afternoon, which kind of caught me by surprise because I didn't, so I didn't get to watch it. I was planning on watching it that night. Uh, but Justin Peck picking up the win there to kick off the point season for the All Star Circuit of Champions. Zeb Wise in second, and Hunter Schurenberg rounding out your podium. So good first week there. Um, like we talked about last week, it was our first weekend with the Outlaws running at Peevely and then the All-Stars at Attica. We got a little bit better understanding of who's Outlaw and who's All-Star now. So good to see the uh, the All-Star Circuit of Champions. will spend the weekend off before returning to competition with a four-day swing through the heart of the Mid-Atlantic. Uh, Thursday through Sunday, April 15th and through the 18th, uh, action kicks off with a 12,000 to win uh, race at Virginia Motor Speedway on Thursday, April 15th, followed by three consecutive nights in Pennsylvania Posse Country. So the All-Stars take center stage at Williams Grove Speedway on Friday, uh, the 16th, Port Royal Speedway Saturday, the 17th, and then Bedford Speedway finishes off the four-day swing on the 18th. And uh, that Williams Grove Williams Grove race and Bedford race, uh, 6,000 to win, but that Port Royal is a uh, 10,000 to win Keith, Keith Kaufman classic. Mm-hmm. So good, good races coming up for the all-stars looking forward to utilizing my flow racing subscription a little more as the season starts to get busier. So world of outlaws, like I said, a while ago raced at I 55 and, uh, man, Brad sweet just kept doing Brad sweet things two day show. And he swept the weekend um, and the second night led all 40 laps. So first night, Brad Sweet. And uh, I'll tell you what, he Brad Sweet did not lead all the laps. He actually battled it out with a few guys. Uh, Donnie Schatz, I think, had some engine failure on that first night. Or I actually never did see what happened. He just had some kind of a mechanical failure while leading. Um, Brad Sweet ends up winning, but Craig Kenzer, I don't know if you guys watched the highlights or not, but Craig Kenzer looked like, uh, mm-hmm. looked like a new man. Really? He was like he belonged. Yeah, he got second, and Logan Shuart third, and Craig Kinzer, yeah, he was salty uh, Friday night, man. So it was a Craig Kinzer I hadn't seen in a long time, and I think a lot of people are that way. I think the article that Brian Walker wrote said a, a rejuvenated Kinzer finishes second or something like that. So, um, And then the second night, Brad Sweet led all 40 laps. Uh, Sheldon Hodenshield second, and Giovanni Selzy rounds out your podium. Um, your World of Outlaws, Nas energy drink sprint cars uh face indiana doubleheader next weekend uh heading to kokomo speedway on friday april 9th and tri-state speedway on saturday april 10th so just keep on trucking and we got plenty of sprint car racing to worry about these days so mm-hmm. life's getting good um gonna start having trouble keeping up yeah it's hard enough right in this show just gathering all these results man putting up with us yeah that's true <laughs> Uh, Amsoil USAC National Sprint Car Series uh, rest at Lawrenceburg last weekend. That was our featured race in the Pick'em segment. Brady Bacon, the Macho Man, picking up the win. CJ Leary second and Chris Wyndham rounding out the podium. They are off this weekend but are back in action the 16th, 17th, and 18th at Bloomington, Tri-State, and Paragon, respectively. So uh, I believe all three of those states are in uh, Indiana as well. So... Yep. A lot of racing if you're in the Indiana area. Mm-hmm. You got a lot of good racing coming up. So our NOS Energy Drink National Midget Series for the USAC. Um, I did not touch on this last week. I said that 
the USAC National Midgets were off until the 9th and 10th at Port City. And I was halfway correct because it wasn't on their schedule, but um, I seen later seen results. Uh, there was a race. It was a national, I guess, sanctioned race, but it wasn't a points race. Uh, I guess Ricky Stenhouse Jr. had a race called the uh, Hometown Challenge there at the Riverside at the Ditch, West Memphis, Arkansas. Uh, Friday night, Dason Pursley picking up the victory, and then Saturday night, the finale, Cannon McIntosh. So both nights coming, trophies coming up. Well, not coming home to Oklahoma, but our Oklahoma boys mm-hmm. uh, picking up the victories, making us proud, man. So that's cool. And then, like I said a while ago, uh, they are back in action this Friday and Saturday at Port City Raceway uh, with the uh, Brady Bacon promoted event. So it's cool to see them doing that for the second straight year uh, with the USAC National Midgets. So if you're in the Tulsa area and you want to see National Midgets, head on out to Port City Raceway. And uh, I guess we got our um, interview with J.J. Hickel to take care of mm-hmm. if you guys are interested in I, I bet this one's gonna be good oh it's gonna be real good <laughs> so we'll we'll have to uh eat a little crow about calling him a pure stock driver we, we nothing me yes well lane <laughs> yeah me, lane. me. I, I never There's, said anything because you didn't know who he was uh-huh. i know i did at the time didn't i because we were talking about keller uh, i don't know maybe <laughs> yeah you probably were so well anywho let's uh take a quick break and on the other side we'll jump into our speed stick shocks interview with jj hickle Danny Smith, owner of Same Day Auto Pair and Tire Pros, makes automotive service and tire buying simpler. Same Day Auto Pair and Tire Pros offers payment options with or without credit. Payments starting as low as $40. The program is available for both car repairs and tires. Tire Pros hassle-free guaranteed. Find out more at samedayautopair.com. No payment options or guaranteed options available to those who qualify. See store complete details. Same Day Auto Repair. All right, we are here for our Speed Stick Shocks interview, and we got a fun one today, I think. We've got J.J. Hickel, and we are probably pretty lucky to actually have him on the show after a few weeks ago uh, talking about him being a redneck-looking pure stock driver. So he was uh, gracious enough to swallow his pride and come on here, and uh, he's probably just going to let us have it. But (laughs) how you doing, J.J.? Oh, I'm doing pretty good, you guys. It's uh, Yeah, happy to be on and hopefully clear up, you know, Sound, sound a little less hillbilly than you're expecting. Have, I guess we'll start things off. Have you ever driven a pure stock? I have not. Okay. Have, have you ever driven an enduro car with the gas on the right side and the steering on the left? Nope. Nothing Nothing that would actually qualify me for any of these things, I don't think. Oh, but. so the, we just made unfair accusations. That sounds like it. <laughs> Well, it's a good thing that, that just proves that no one take any hey, gra- don't take anything we say seriously because yeah. we don't know what we're talking well, about. <laughs> if it makes it feel any better, usually the guy that's showing up in the uh, the you know the just plain suit and the the car that's pretty plain is the one that you got to be worried about by yeah. the end of the night. And so, well, that's kind of already happened. You've yeah, kind of already exactly. that's what ass. I was getting at. Well, that's the first what, two races of the season has when, been Mister JJ. <laughs> when I when I reached out to JJ to do this show and he had said, yeah, I've heard of you guys. You guys called me a pure stock driver <laughs> and we kind of conversed back and forth. And he said, he said about himself, he said, honestly, he said, I'm just, I'm all go and no show. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. We're going to, we're going to take the credit and say, you just use that as motivation to win the first two national races of the year. <laughs> well, I think yeah, was, there you go. <laughs> I think it was after that, but we'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, uh, 
uh, coming off of a weekend uh, there in Missouri with the Warrior and Senior Region, had a pretty decent weekend there. Yeah, you know, it was a lot of fun to come come here to Lake Ozark Speedway for the first time. You know, I know it's something that's going to be on our schedule with the national tour. So uh, came here and got some laps in. It was it was a little bit choppy the first night. You know, I struggled in my heat race, ended up in the B main, kind of barely snuck into the feature there with a crazy last lap in the B main. I was I was second. I was fourth. I was third. We barely got in. Started 19th in the feature the first night and then ended up, you know, it finally kind of got slicker and technical where you could go around the holes and, and race a little bit. And I, I ended up being able to drive from 19th to, to fifth, you know, I avoided some, avoided some attrition as well and just kept our nose clean. We were able to get, get the hard charger deal. And then, uh, the second night they had the track a lot harder, less, less ruts, definitely still, still a little bit choppy, but they're, they're improving. And, uh, you know, we, we just kind of did what we needed to in our heat, started fifth in the feature and, ran fourth behind a uh, pretty epic three-car battle for the feature. Just couldn't quite get myself into their battle there. Yeah, that would have been something else if you could yeah. have added yourself Man. in the mix there. Golly, sure. I don't even know if there was room for me to get in there, but I would have loved to. You know, like They were three wide in front of me down the front chute, and it, it looked like the salute to the fans with three yeah. to go under green. Yeah. You know, it, was, it was pretty awesome. And, and with the lap car, it was damn near four wide. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it was exciting, exciting racing. Yeah, so you had a front row seat to that deal, so <laughs> it's what I was did, saying when I got out of the car. I'm like, man, I bet the fans love that. Did one. you uh, Did like you find yourself lifting to watch the show? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was. I, that was the thing is, I, I felt like I was just kind of a fourth place car, but whenever they'd start battling, I could actually, you know, I was really faster than them. Whenever they'd all yeah. start battling and being in traffic, so you know, I, I really honestly couldn't believe that until the end, just based on. You know how sprint car races are. You never know what's going to happen. Yep. So yeah. We, we just kept digging. And then uh, after it was all said and done, I'm like, damn, that was a hell of a race. Yeah. Mm, that's for sure. Y'all ready to go to uh, Louisiana this weekend? Yeah. So we just we just stayed here at Lake Ozark. And my, my main crew guy and my crew chief, uh, they both flew back to California to do some work for the week. And so we, we got all our maintenance and everything done here on, you know, we got done racing it shoot before nine or nine 30 on Saturday. So we came up here, they have a wash pad at the track here and we got everything washed did all our maintenance. And we're actually still here at the, the Lake Ozark Speedway right now, just kind of waiting for a package, but our, our program's all, all ready to rock and roll and head down into Louisiana and go racing for another weekend. All right, well, nice. Living so, on the road. Yeah. <laughs> We're uh, all caught up on the current here. Um I got to say, man, I don't I don't know anything about you and you're pretty recent in uh my sprint car knowledge just because of the uh ASCS Sprint Week here around here in the Midwest last year. So, um basically from that point on is what I know about you. So, um I think a lot of people are that way. You've kind of stormed onto the uh the scene, um, or at pretty, least at least around here. Well, that's yeah. what I say. JJ's pretty. I think he's pretty well known yeah. where he's from. And yeah. in here he might not be as much. Yeah. So you know, we were thinking. Travis was thinking last week. You know, we get you on the show and let you make a name for yourself. But you kind of did that yourself, winning <laughs> in, both the opening yeah. races for the national series. <laughs> yeah. Well, also in my defense, you didn't you didn't actually ask me to get on the show until I did that. So who knows if it would have even worked? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> was that your first time to Devil's Bowl? I think I know. I was on two thousand eight one time, and I like I made it through a heat race, got taken out on lap one of the B main, and that was that was my experience at Devil's Bowl. So you I said, didn't really I didn't really go in with a ton of laps. You yeah. said two thousand eight. Yeah. Okay. How old are you? I'm thirty. No way. 
Yeah, so that's the thing. Everybody thinks I'm like, like a kind of a young kid from California and I'm like a, kind of like a middle-aged man from Washington. I've been racing in Washington my whole life. I just kind of always been, you know, underfunded. Like uh, me and my dad have just been doing it for a long time. I started when I was 14, but, you know, it's one of those deals. We'd tear up a car, we'd hurt a motor, and we'd be done for half a season. So I didn't really race a ton. And then I got hired by a guy. And I uh, came out and raced, you know, I got my name out there a little bit, but, but, you know, I was 16 and still learning. And we came out and we raced like Knoxville in 2008. We ran like the Knoxville nationals as well as the ASCS speed week then. But, uh, I really didn't, you know, I ran top 10, a few races did not make the nationals like the 360 or 410. We weren't really close to that. Just, uh, just kind of struggled, was young and like, got, you know, did a lot of learning, but then and that was, that was 2008. And then that ride kind of just uh, disappeared. And then I went out on the road, like working on some different cars, just trying to learn. And then me and my dad got our own program together again and just uh, raced kind of on a budget as much as we could around, you know, Washington, Oregon. Uh, we'd try to go down to California once or twice a year. And we try to go over to Montana a couple times a year. And then just recently, you know, I've been fortunate enough to race for a lot of people in Montana. And, you know, I feel like we have a lot of a lot of fans and have had a lot of success on the West coast, but that's the problem with the sprint car racing, especially in the Pacific Northwest. There's a ton of really good drivers, but there's only a couple of tracks and, uh, you know, nobody, nobody knows what's going on out here, you know, like they're out there. It's just, there's a lot of, there's a lot of talent. It's, it's, it's hard to win and it's hard to really make a name for yourself. And then even whenever you do run up front, nobody in the Midwest really hears about it. So getting down into California and racing with all the big names and the 50 car races all year last year, like shoot everywhere we went, probably averaged over 40 cars every night. And then, uh, you know, being able to come from California and then you come into the Midwest and it's like, like there's nothing, there's just, you know, there's just nothing stronger than these fields of cars that we're racing against right now. Like COVID brought everybody together, it seemed like in a lot of these places. So, uh, I just just racing against good guys and it seems like these last couple of years i just uh, it's been like honestly just a, a a lot of hard work and dedication and uh financial debt all coming to a head and finally getting an opportunity to go to go drive for somebody else and it's it's been really rewarding for me because i've always been my own crew chief and driver and i'm kind of my own worst enemy i think i could do both of those things pretty pretty good but not for myself like i could be somebody else's crew chief pretty good but i'm not that good at doing it for myself because i doubt myself so being out here with uh ivan warden he used to race and then he owns the car he uh he sets the thing up. He does it all, you know, and I just give him input and he, he gives me a really fast car all the time. And I feel like, you know, we've just, just one of those things where we clicked right off the bat and it just feels like after a year and a half or two years together, we, we know exactly what each other are thinking. And he always gives me a good car. What was some of the, the mindset and the thought and the conversations into deciding to go out on the ASCS national tour with you guys only being together a year and a half? Well, the thing is, they, they've been racing for a long time, you know, they, he used to race, his dad raced before that, and uh, this is this this last year, 2020, was supposed to be their last year of uh, sprint car racing, they're going to get out of it and hang out with their grandchildren and all that more, and uh, so then, the, then COVID happened and, and just kind of made things weird, and so they didn't want to end on a season like that, you know. And, uh, so then we got to talking in the off season and, uh, you know, like we, I told them, I've, it's always been my dream to go out and run the national tour. And they said that they wanted to race, you know, kind of outside of California or just, just, they wanted to get away from all the COVID stuff more than anything and go out and live a normal life and whatnot. And so, 
now and so we decided you know it's it's they kind of stuck their necks out they're kind of work i mean i wouldn't say we have like a a, a big trailer or nothing like that we're kind of out here with you know a motor home and a trailer and then another truck and a trailer and it's we're making it work and it's you know all the equipment we have that we're racing with is all really nice and uh i, I couldn't be happier to be out here but we're definitely kind of kind of roughing it and kind of kind of just living wherever we can get in and it's it's really just been a dream come true you know it's just i would say this winter you know after sprint week being so competitive it kind of gave them a like a like a faith and a hope that we could come out here and you know run up front and do well and so kind of gave everybody some you know everybody's kind of inspired and just uh really going to put their best foot forward here for this last year i got my best my best crew guy pat he comes with me everywhere i go and you know he's kind of put his life on hold and he's out here making it happen with me you know we're just like just just making it happen and uh it's it's kind of a dream come true but it, it's definitely a lot of work and a lot of sacrifice i think speed weeks last week last year is when you really paid attention to him right michael yes yeah well how could you not yeah i mean what what did you win was it three races in the speed week last year i only won one race did you I won one, one race yep i was on the podium like every night but yeah I, okay i think we ran fifth one night we went like 13th to fifth at creek county and that was the only night we weren't podium but uh but yeah i just uh it just seemed like we were just ultra consistent we won that first race and then we we got the overall points deal and it just was uh just a huge thing for our team to be able to go out there and race the international competition like i realized it wasn't the full ascs national tour it was a sprint week deal but it was still still some of the best guys you know best 360 guys you're gonna race against so it was a uh, really an honor to go out there and do that well and all these guys out i mean it, it'd be like us going over there to california or washington or wherever they have a lot of laps on these tracks and so for you just oh. to come over here and do that it was it was huge it, it was something to it, it, was, it was something to say yeah, you know, that was that was definitely what was big for us was and I think that really came from, you know, when I got hired to go drive their car in California, man, I'm on I'm at like Andy Forsberg's wheelhouse every single night and like, you know, all the baddest dudes there, like we're racing against the best guys at the best track. So I got my butt kicked like the first, you know, the first year I was in California. I mean, I would run top five here and there and stuff, but I really wasn't like knocking on the door to win like very often. It was just He's like, there's a huge learning curve, but then it was like, you know, you're racing against those guys and you're learning new tracks all the time. And then it just kind of like, once you're just going to new places all the time, it kind of just becomes what you do instead of something that you're really worried about or yeah. a big deal, you know? Uh, I, I will tell you, Michael said that I was the one that came up with you on the, sh put you on the show. It wasn't the devil's bowl or even that it was, I kind of became a fan of watching you at that Keller race earlier this year. Oh yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Where everybody else, they were kind of running the bottom, and you kind of, to me, from watching it on TV, it kind of just looked like you said, "Screw it," and went to the top and made it work. <laughs> yeah, that one, that one gained a lot of fans. Like that was a really cool race, and that was like, that was a really cool deal because you know, I mean, anytime like Shane Goldbicks, I mean, he's a top-notch race car driver. Shoot, the guy just was in a NASCAR race, but I mean, in general, he's as as good as they come in, in uh, sprint cars. So to to be able to to beat him anywhere is a real honor, and it was. The type of track, you know, I mean, it's not really anybody's cup of tea particularly, but it was a really hooked up. I mean, I pulled over 30 tear-offs in that feature, you know, and it was just a hooked up style of track, which is I'm more of a dry slick type of type of guy for the most part. And uh, to be able to drive around those guys at the end, you know, I led early. I was, I was catching the traffic. I knew I was too tight. I was catching traffic just thinking like, oh, man, like this is this is not a good situation. And then I 
I ended up getting tight behind the traffic, fell back to third. And then it was just like, you know, just, just never give up. I got back into second, overdrove the corner, fell back to third. And then just, you know, with a few laps to go, my, my you know, I, I thought that I felt something on the top there. I kind of, kind of frustrated that I overdrove the corner one and two, drove into three and four really hard. The thing stuck. And then, uh, then we had a red or a yellow and my, my, my crew kid Hunter, he came down pretty adamantly, like, tell me like, try that middle there in one and three and four. And, and I felt like we kind of worked it in and there at the end, it just kept getting a little better and a little better to drive around those guys with two to go like that. And when that one was, uh, was really exciting and really a good way to, uh, send us out of California and out onto the road, you know? Oh yeah. Well, I was, I was wanting to tell you that it was exciting to watch. So yeah, I appreciate it. That was a, that was a fun one for sure. Do you feel like being over there racing in California, um, and you know, winning and running up front with some of the best 360 drivers around. Do you think that propelled you into that opening weekend with the National Tour winning? When when some of these other guys around here have just been sitting idle waiting for that race? Absolutely. You know, I mean, you know, I, I feel like that just being being active and racing is uh, is what's going to make you make you good and make you on your game. I mean, if you look at the uh, the finish at Devil's Bowl the first night. You know, I won and Seth was second and we both had raced the weekend before and we'd both won the weekend before, you know, so it's like he was sharp going in like everybody, you know, you're on your game. The more you do it, the more on your game you are. You're like here at Lake Ozark Speedway. I was talking to, to Ryan Timms. That kid's raced like like over 15 times this year already. And I mean, it yeah. showed he looked amazing. He looked awesome this weekend. So it's just I definitely think that, you know, racing those races and uh, being being strong really is good for your confidence. But it's just more than anything. It's just being, you know, you're getting sharp and you're getting into a rhythm like you're, you're learning your race car and uh, you're learning each other. You know, it, it just it all just the more you do it, the better you're going to get. Yeah, I, I think that's the case with everything. You know, it's we, we don't have the luxury of practicing during the week like other sports do. So the only thing we can do as race car drivers is just go out and compete and try to improve and uh, see how, see what we can do week to week to get better. And I think that definitely showed that first weekend there. Um, you know, I think some of the guys this weekend at, at Lake Ozark, like you talked about having them guys, and I know Ryan Timms, I've been following, like he's been in, down in like Georgia, Mississippi, running with like USCS, like you said, 15 shows this year already in a sprint car and that was something that was impressive to me was this weekend was ryan he was really you know counting yourself as a national tour driver now both nights ryan Timms was the only guy in the top five that wasn't a national tour driver yeah absolutely i mean he was he was definitely phenomenal both nights and it, it, you know it kind of like I've, I've seen that he's been close to winning a couple of uscs shows you know and so it didn't really surprise me but i mean racing with them like he's a young kid and he's super, super, you know, like, I mean, he's aggressive, but he's not, he's not crazy. And he's pretty, pretty damn in control of his car. I, I think the, uh, the future is pretty bright there for, for, for him. Yeah. So, um, you, you alluded earlier that you started racing when you were 14. Um, kind of give us a, a synopsis, if you will, of, of your kind of racing career up to this point. What did you start in? You know, other than other than racing pure stocks, what else have you raced? <laughs> yeah, no, I just when I raced quarter midgets when I was you know five years old all the way up until I was fourteen, and then uh, there wasn't really any where I lived. I was just out in the you know on the kind of on the tip of Washington there. There wasn't a ton of mini sprint racing or anything like that, so we just we went straight into a three sixty sprint car then, and like 
I got a fake birth certificate and, and all that made That's up. Awesome. And, uh, That's awesome. That's awesome. That action, that, Hold that on. was when you had to be 16. We got to go more in depth into that yeah, part. You got to tell you the story. You can't just brush over a fake birth certificate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, so, yeah, it worked out pretty sweet. It was like, I don't even, we sent it to our guy, Grizz. He's just always been my, uh, he's been like our guy that does computer stuff, you know, <laughs> and he just kind of altered some numbers and photocopied something. And then we, we took it in there and the guy said that, his insurance said it was covered, so he's not going to ask any questions. And, I, and the cool thing about that is the promoter was Fred Brownfield, you know, and he just told me, he's like, just keep your nose clean out there, kid. And like, was always really friendly to me. And like, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure he knew how old I was. Cause it right. was, uh, cause so then I'm at the racetrack, you know, and like 16 years old, it's always a big deal for the announcers. So then the next year I'm 17 years old. And then the following year, I'm like 16 again. Yeah. I'm like 17 (laughs) until July on my birthday. And then they're like, and it's his 16th birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Switch back. Like what in the hell? He's the announcer for the next like couple years. He's like, he's been 16 for three years. (laughs) It was was one of those weird deals. Grady Chandler, uh, a lot of local kid around here that raced for a while uh, before he got hurt, he was 14 for about three years running the Power Ride Midgets <laughs> stuff. So that's pretty funny that it, it is not just around here. <laughs> yeah, it's just one of those things that it just happens every once in a while. But it seems like nowadays they just got kids racing like super young. Like I, I, there doesn't seem to be, I mean, shoot, Tim's just kicked our butt this weekend. He's only 14, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think he's and, like, 16. Yeah, he's 14. Oh, is he? He's 14. Okay. Depends on what track they're at. Wow. Yeah. See, I yeah. thought he was 14 I and I read Chili Bowl. He's 14. I read somewhere else that he was 16, so somebody had it wrong. Mhm. That kid gotcha. is not that old. Well, I just imagine no, I was still playing with Legos at 14. <laughs> well, and like, you know, that race at Hanford, I was the kid that ran second was 14, I'm pretty sure. Joe Myers Jr., he's another like yep. super phenomenal talent, you know. It's cool. just like I mean, I'm over half these kids age. It's kind of it's kind of like very humbling you know mm-hmm. i remember hearing about like jeff gordon faking birth certificates in line about age to race sprint cars mm-hmm. at 13 i think it was yeah so. i've heard that as well man that's pretty awesome I, I just imagine like the scene from the movie bench warmers with like a folded up piece of paper <laughs> that says like i am 10 with a 20 dollar yeah. bill in it <laughs> like i am 16 well, <laughs> Pretty That's funny. pretty much what a Pierce talk driver that would be walking up with my two piece suit. <laughs> I'd, have, I'd have a two piece suit and the birth certificate that says I'm good and it's like signed by my dad or something. <laughs> yeah. well, oh gosh. Well, just to just to clear things up with the fans out there, so far I've learned in this podcast that you're not a kid. You're a 30 year old man. You don't drive you, street you, stocks. You've never, you don't, and you've never driven a pure stock or a street stock, <laughs> and your fire suit is, in fact, Multiple layers and one piece. <laughs> yep, yep. And I got—I even got a different one this year, so I look like a little less, you know, pure stocky, well, a little more sprint cary. <laughs> I will say to your credit, from what I remember of being out at uh, in Washington, is that you had an all-black design 500 suit, which already is an open-wheel suit. So right. to speak. So that that did add points from the get go. That's was the one all, he was talking about. That's <laughs> was my design five hundred one. One hundred percent. That's the one I was thinking about when I saw you. Because when I was out with Bergman and I was, I mean, you know, Alan Terrell worked for Bergman. Oh yeah, at, round man. Yeah, circle. And so that's like I was with him, and I was like, man, look at JJ pulling in here. It's like four thirty at Elma, rolling in, like just thrashing, absolutely getting your shit ready. And you just go out there and just. 
mean, did good that night, I think. And I'm like, dude, this is like the the working man of Washington here. Like, this reminds me of like the vocal boys around here that are busting ass during the day and then just showing up 30 minutes before the driver's meeting and getting Because they just done. left work? Yeah. Yeah. But that's so awesome. I mean, honestly, it feels that way. Like I talk to all my friends at home and stuff still, you know, and like all the people that are happy for me and stuff. And I, I tell everybody I know, I'm like, I'm doing it for the poor people. <laughs> like, it's, it's cool Dude. to be out here because, you know, like this shoot, this is only, I'm only like three or four weeks in and like for the last over 10 years, you know, I've been like cooking all week long and then going and putting in my time at the shop and then trying to figure out how to go to all these and races as well. So that's- like, I couldn't be more grateful to be out here. Just, uh, you know, I've, I've gone running today. I've rode a bicycle. I've done all my pushups. Like I'm, you know, my only job now is to be successful in a race car, which mm-hmm. is, it's pretty, it's pretty damn awesome. Well, that's, I, th- I think the other job is not to get in too much trouble to yeah. have free time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's what Alan was telling me. Like that, that weekend I was, I kind of asked him about you. We got to talking about you a while. And he's like, man, this dude puts in his hours. Like he will, show i mean obviously it shows now you've it's it's paid off but man you've he you basically told me you know you're just an old good old boy from washington that you know works on his own shit and gets it ready by himself like you already said you're on your own crew chief and your own crew guy at one point and hell now it's like i said paying off and it's cool to see you make success of that because there's people that get those chances and they don't i guess uh capitalize on them or or they're not prepared or, or they're not prepared yeah. and and you obviously are very prepared and I mean, it shows for sure. Yeah, thank you. I mean, I appreciate that. I definitely, you know, I pride myself on that. Like, that's kind of my, you know, like I said, I'm 30. I've raced, I've raced something every, every weekend since I was four years old. And it's like, all I've ever wanted was an opportunity like this. And so I, uh, you know, I pride myself on trying to be as like physically and mentally prepared to go be successful, like no matter what, and whether that means, you know, surviving a B main or, or going forward in an A main. It's, we just got to put our best foot forward here this year and uh, really try and try and win this championship or be up front at the end. So prior to um, your career as a national sprint car driver, what did JJ Hickel do for a living? Uh, I was a residential electrician. I worked for a, for a guy in Washington. I worked for the same guy. He had a, he had a company. It was just me and him in a van when I started with him. And like, I think eight or nine years later, when I left with him, he had about 10 vans was just building a big old shop and was just really successful, you know? And, uh, he was pretty awesome and inspiring to, to learn from. And it was like, his passion was always making his business successful. My passion was always going to race. And like, last thing he said to me was, you know, as soon as you come back, you can be an electrician if you ever want to again. And like he was, he was really happy to see what I was doing. And it's, it's pretty, pretty cool deal. But then I, then I went to California and I was racing, you know, every weekend. So I needed to live as well. And so I worked as an electrician there and, uh, it was it was all right, but it was it wasn't as fun as you know working with kind of your buddy and helping him help yeah. him create an empire. Was so, it the so, same relationship you had? So not at all. So do you officially live in California now, or where do you? Well, I I don't know now where I <laughs> right Lake Ozark <laughs> Speedway this week. Yeah, yeah, like the Lake Ozark people have been so awesome to us. But uh, you know, like honestly, we don't go back to California until the season's over after Devil's mm-hmm. Bowl at the end of the year. So, but yeah, I I have lived in California for the last year and a half or year plus with, uh, with the warden family and my crew guy, Pat, we both live down there in, uh, in Katati right next to Petaluma Speedway. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much where I live now, but at the end of this deal, who knows? Cause you know, they're, they're done going racing and hopefully I can parlay this into another opportunity somewhere, 
somewhere hopefully you know who knows where i don't i don't really care i just want a really good opportunity to go racing full time hopefully at the end of this you know hopefully i can earn that and uh who knows where i'll be yeah, hopefully someone will take notice for sure yeah i mean there's a lot of talent on the table there in my opinion yes <laughs> so for sure that that i mean i know it doesn't get you very far these days yeah, but that's what i was gonna say the only thing i lack is that almighty dollar you yes know, but, uh, that yeah that but old greenback I, I, for sure i will say this you know what what's that i was gonna say your your story about making it on talent is a it's inspiring and b it's so rare to find these days 100 like i mean i'll be straight up like I'm a fan just because I like guys that make it on talent. Yeah, I'm 100% in your same boat, Michael. Yeah, and I, I mean, I appreciate that a ton. And, you know, I, I also do. You know, I like a good, versatile race car driver that's, like, willing to put in the work. And, like, you know, and it's like I, I've been super fortunate to have, have opportunities and people who have helped me along the way. But it's like, man, nothing like this. And, you know, like like one of the first things whenever I talk to Ivan on the phone, he's like, so do you come with any money? And I told him, I'm like, man. The only thing I have is a bunch of debt from trying to make myself good enough to when I get one of these opportunities, <laughs> I can actually perform, you know? And he's like, all right, well, like, we'll see how it goes for a couple of nights. And then, like, my first couple of nights in the car, we ran second at Chico and second at Marysville. And it was like, just we we're able to earn, earn a couple more opportunities, you know? And that's kind of been my whole thing. It's yeah. like, I don't. I don't want a lot right off the bat. Just, just like, just let me show you. I feel like, you know, I belong there. And then if you think I belong there, hopefully we can figure something out, you know? Yeah. I mean, you're racing for your life, man. Your life. Exactly. It's, that's that's the whole thing. I just, I just want to be out here and I, I don't want to get rich or anything. I just want to be able to race full time and then not be, not be in debt. It's, it's so awesome to see you fulfill that too. Cause I mean, literally that weekend that I was in Elma and noticed you, Alan literally said the same exact thing you've been saying. He's like, dude, you've been working all that stuff and pretty much that you've wanted that the whole time, you know? <laughs> and, he now, definitely. Yeah. I, it, I mean, it's just really cool to see that come to fruition for you for sure. And not, like I said, I've been a fan since that weekend. It didn't matter if we were racing against you or not. I mean, it's, it's just who pulls into the track with a wing hanging off the back of a semi. Jimmy yeah, no, does. I know. That's exactly. <laughs> you know? That's awesome. It was you it's badass. We went to a couple of non-wing shows. We just left it up there. <laughs> <laughs> so for Michael and Travis, like he is black semi. Like the open bay part on the back of a semi, yeah. you know, where like some dudes keep their tools if yeah. they're a trucker. He kept his spare wing on the back of the That's semi, awesome, ratcheted dude, to I it. Love it. It's badass. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> so That's awesome. Mm-hmm. The transition out onto the national tour this year. Um what was prior to winning at Devil's Bowl that 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 out of your mind? What was your guys' really realistic expectations for the season with the national tour? I mean, we you know we wanted it to go pretty much just like Sprint Week went in a perfect world. Like we want to just be out here. We want to be able to run top five every night, no matter who we're racing against. And I I really do feel like that's a pretty realistic expectation. I mean, obviously we're not going top five every night but uh i think that's a goal i think that we have a team that can do that and i think that if we do that we will be where we want to be at the end of the year you know i mean i want to be i want to be top three in points at the end of the year but i mean if that's your goal and you don't want to be the champion then you're not even doing it right right? so yeah that's pretty much i mean i think there's a bunch of guys out here that all have the same exact goal and i respect the hell out of all of them and uh i'm just gonna come out here and give it my all and see where we shake out at the end of it well i do know that when we were talking about uh, the show, I believe it was prior to Devil's Bowl uh, weekend, we were, we interviewed uh, Mike Goodman, Lane's dad, and we were all talking about 
you know, ASCS, you know, and we kind of all said, you know, at the end of the season, if we're sitting here talking about the champion, what, who are some of the names we could toss up or be talking about? And, you know, we tossed out, uh, you know, Bergman, Hahn, Covington, Boguski, and then Mike, he, he's like, guys, I'm telling you, don't count out JJ Hickel. And then you went out there and swept that weekend. <laughs> yeah. So, um, for, from our, we were like, damn, we should listen to Mike. Now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, that's awesome. From, from our yeah. vantage point, he, he straight up called it. Yeah. <laughs> So you're definitely awesome. um, a championship contender from our vantage point. That's for sure. No, I, I appreciate that, yeah. guys. You know, I just I just hope it keeps shaking out that way. I mean, another guy that's super strong that I feel like doesn't get much recognition is Dylan Westbrook. I mean, that kid's a proven winner. Mm-hmm. He just won this weekend, and uh, I think he's going to be tough all year long out here on the road, also. And mm-hmm. I, I just I feel like he kind of gets overlooked when people talk, but uh, that's all right. Hopefully, hopefully uh, by the end of the year, you know. Are kind of kind of towards the top, and then we we get a little more respect the next time. Man, old Michael, <laughs> he's been talking about Dylan Westbrook yeah. quite a bit. I've the been past harping on him for yes. over a year, and yeah. I was excited to see him get on the national tour. And I talked about it a few weeks ago when we were talking about you know the ASCS season really kicking off, about um, kind of giving him a freshman season 2.0 because I don't feel like he got a fair shake at it last year. Never really got the the get the rhythm down and mm-hmm. live, live on the road racing week in and week out. So, um, I'm still, I'm still harping on Dylan Westbrook as guy not to count out either. And I've said it multiple yeah. times before that first time he came to Lucas Oil and that Glenn Styers zero car. That's when I got my eye on him. I was like, yeah. man, this kid's going to be good. You show up on a one-off he, show and, and contend with national at, guys. At Lucas Oil out of yeah. all tracks. One of the tracks that gets the most slick out of every other track on the ASCS tour. And he just happened to be good right out of the bait, gate on that. Well, that's like what those guys grew up on, though. I mean, that, that, that Oshwegan track that they race out all the time, that place is pretty much a skating rink from everything I've seen and heard. So it's like I mean, I'm not taking anything away from him, but like that's like he that's his bread and butter. You yeah. know what I mean? He loves that. Oh, so yeah, like, it they, definitely showed for sure. Yeah, it's 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 awesome mm-hmm. to see too. You know, like like I I really respect a guy like it, that. It kind of shows the versatility too, because this weekend wasn't slick and smooth by any means at all. You know, it was pretty cowboy up in my yeah. opinion both nights. No, and and, First and, and like I sure. watched the highlight exactly, and I mean that's and I watched the highlight video on, and he was like he was did some some pretty big time you know oh, yeah. slide jobs and bombs. Like mm-hmm. it was like I, I you know when I just kind of I got out of the car, I'm like, oh, he won. You know, I think he started in the front, but like, shoot, he. He he worked yeah. for it and he he did a really good job. So it's definitely like, had to defend the position. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The national team, it's it's Haferteep left, which obviously leaves a big a big hole on the top. But it's it's very strong this year, and it's mm-hmm. it's it's deeper than a lot of people think. I think, and it's it's going to be a really fun competitive year racing with all I, these guys. I agree with you too. And something touching back on Tim's earlier, you said he did a phenomenal job this weekend, which he did. I mean. And I almost, I mean, if you go back and watch the highlights from the first night, he had Bergman driving hard, Yeah, you know. Um, I mean, Seth was doing what he could to get back by Tim's and end up biting him, or biting him. But, I mean, that's also conducive to the track that when you got a heavy locker, rough track like that, that when you get racing like that, you stop or start forgetting about where holes are here and there trying to pass people, and that sometimes it gets you. But, I mean, it's, it's pretty impressive to see him just get, the national level guys on their toes like that right off the bat you know absolutely i mean mm-hmm. the, yeah the quality of field and like i mean shoot seth is as good a 360 driver as there is anywhere in mm-hmm. the country and for tim's to you know like go toe to toe with them i mean 
like they they traded the lead like yeah. several times you know and the mm-hmm. kid kept his composure and really yeah it was it was really yeah, impressive that's and, yeah, like too. you said i mean you couldn't fault seth either because you got to race hard to try to win the race and you mm-hmm. know he he clears him on that slider and he, he might be clear and he, he exactly. wins the race so it's just just an unfortunate deal where the track got him but i mm-hmm. mean you know, it's, Seth's always going to be fast. Oh yeah, well, that's kind of like one of the tracks or one of the track types. Seth really kind of shines at when it's rough and cowboy up, you know, and and ended up biting him there. But I mean, I've seen him do some wild stuff before that. But that's aside the point. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you you probably know what I'm talking about. But oh, Tim's, he's a good race car yeah. driver. Yeah, I mean, well, he learned his gadget old. Yeah, I was about to say. I'm mean, about to say, isn't do it all? Is I, I don't know this, but isn't all like a bunch of the West Coast tracks kind of cowboy up? Yeah, I mean, Skagit, like JJ said, Skagit is the one of the most cowboy up tracks I have ever been to and watched a race at in my life. It it's is, not that way anymore. It's actually gets like pretty dry and really these days. But it used to be like. Like, I mean, that, I feel like that's probably why Seth's really exceptional at that type of racing because Skagit, like, you know, 2000, like the 2000, right before 2010 and all around mm-hmm. that time, it was, uh, and then all before that, it was, like, well, it was well, always that, really is, hooked up. Is that the kind of track you kind of lean towards too, is the elbows up and... No, I hate that stuff. <laughs> well, I was about to say, JJ, the first time I noticed JJ was at Elma, which is Grace yep, Harbor, and it's just slick so to the I wall. Like, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like, I like I like the financial stuff. I mean, as you'd see, the first night I almost didn't make the feature here when it was Cowboy Up, you know, and it's like I just, you know, it's not super comfortable driving through mm-hmm. a bunch of holes and stuff. I uh, I used to be a lot, uh, you know, and I say that, and I'll still go out there, and we can be fast, and we can compete to win on on just about any surface, but it's just. To me, I'm not having nearly as much fun when I'm out there kind of trying not to mm-hmm. crash other than uh, trying to, like, outthink or outrace the That's, opponents, you know? I was talking to Blake Hahn earlier today, and we were kind of talking about the track and how it was driving everything, and, and he was like, man, he's like, it wasn't fun at all to drive, but, I mean, I'm sure it put on a good race, but he's like, man, I don't like, you know, it's just not yep. f- a fun track when there's holes like that and, you know, how technical it gets, and you're just tiptoeing literally every inch, it feels like. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, Blake almost crashed in hot lap. Yeah. Like by no fault, he just drove into the corner. You couldn't even see the hole. And next mm-hmm. thing you know, he's like bounced in the air about four times. It's like, cool. oh, and I'm in like the next set, like two sets later. I'm like, oh god, I can <laughs> see that when I go out there. I don't, I don't know if you remember, but back in like 2016, I think is the year when uh, it was Dirt Cup. The first night got rained out. The second night that Mark Du Duperon won. Oh, the the yeah, last night, yeah. Sam won. The first in that that third that Friday night was so rough and heavy. It was unreal. Travis Slott right yep. flipped by himself coming out of turn two, hitting a rut, running third yep. or second, like literally I, I just hit the rut that. and just catapulted over. Yeah, Jeez. it was. That was like old school Skagit most. And that's what I was going to ask is if that was very similar to the Skagit back in the day. And and man, because that track was unreal rough that yeah. night. Like I have never I seen mean, a racetrack like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, 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 it's it's tough when it's like that, you know, but uh, I mean, back in the day, it used to just be, I mean, it would get rough and stuff, but it was also just like a big, big, wicked curve and just super yeah. sticky and, and more so like just kind of. Well, it's fast too for how bit how small scheduled it it is fast. You carry it's some a, speed it's there. A fast joint. I mean, yes. there's a lot of really good race car drivers that come out of there. You know, it's just like usually I feel like you know you, you go good there. You know there and i you know it, it seems like you can kind of translate that to a lot well, of places that's what a lot of people say about port city here the micro track is that if you can go good there you can pretty much race just about anywhere but i mean that's a little different a sprint car for sure but i mean i, I you definitely see where that would translate over because that that sketch it's a one-of-a-kind joint for sure 
Yeah, definitely. It's that's the crazy thing about the sprint car race. I mean, there is so many different like there's there's so many different conditions and styles of driving that you know guys are just amazing on one surface and then just okay on another surface it's like that's one thing i think california going to california really helped me round my game out um being being good on sticky tracks and little bull rings and like like more hooked up style of tracks because california they kind of pride themselves on like bouncing around yeah. and being, you know pulling tear-offs and uh-huh. like pulling wheelies and stuff so so you know going there i think that that really helped me uh like kind of kind of add to my game and and round it out a lot more and not just be just a slick track guy you know get a lot more comfortable basically because yeah. because well, i mean the car will do it most of the time it's just if you're not comfortable it's it's you're not going to drive it hard enough to make it work oh yeah well you go to you I mean you take what you just said and apply it to devil's bowl and it's not really devil's bowl is pretty much either known to be abrasive or just absolutely tacky you know so. yeah totally and we got the i'd say one of my you know one thing i was really proud of is the first night it was really fast and the second night it was it was pretty slow yeah and, you know we were you know like shoot we were like three or four inches different on stagger between the two nights you mm-hmm. know it's like it was the track it, really changed a lot yeah, yeah we it goes from one to, to the fast. other quick for yeah, sure yeah exactly but it just it was nice for us to be able to stack up against those guys you know both both on both disciplines you know but, yeah. but devil's bowl was smooth also you know smooth and fast that's i feel like kind of almost, <laughs> you know everybody kind of likes that yeah. anybody can kind of do that but it but takes yeah, a little bit of the pucker factor out for sure <laughs> it does but I, I i like when the place slicks up and you got to really be technical you know the, yeah. the smooth and fast it's it's I guess it's better than rough because rough, you're just trying not to crash, but the smooth and fast, it's like, shoot, when it's hammered down like that, it's really hard to separate yourself from anybody. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody, all the equipment's so equal. Everybody has nice stuff and then you get the dirt, you know, you get a little bit of dirty air or whatever. And it's just, it's hard to pass whenever places are just smooth and locked down. So that's why I think, you know, when places slick off with like a finesse bottom or then a top, you can really hit. That's uh, super wide. Just about like Elmer, right? When it's right. Just don't (laughs) touch the middle. You know, like what they do in Knoxville, just like run your water truck through the middle, let them water the bottom of the top <laughs> or whatever, and like just let the thing develop. So, and I, I'm a fan of, you know, if you got to work like a little bit of a bottom back in on exit to make the racing equal and good, like I love when places are worried about their racing being, you know, equal or good. Mm-hmm. Like I don't mind waiting 10 minutes to make it better. Yeah, yeah. it may for just that little bit, 15 minutes yeah. of working the track makes for a better yeah. show in the exactly. long run. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, outside of your ASCS national tour schedule, uh, what is there any other races, any big shows that you guys have fit into your schedule, or is it just 100% national and then just see what regional stuff pops up? I mean, that's pretty much it, just 100% national, whatever regional stuff we can do. I, I like to try to, if we're going to go to a place later in the year that's a national points race, I'd like to try and go there on our off weekends, you know. It's kind of why we're at Lake Ozark here. I mean, this was the this was a good race to go to anyways, but uh, we'd like to kind of fill our off weeks with places that we're going to go in points race later just to try and try and benefit ourselves as much as we can there. Build but, up the uh, notebook. You know, yeah, exactly. Just get comfortable with these places before it's before there's points on the line. You know, we just kind of want to do everything we can to try and get ourselves caught up because, you know, I, I really understand that these guys all have very full notebooks and they've all been to these places a lot more than us. And it, it's going to be a struggle for us, you know, like it started out really good, but it's, it's, it's by no means going to go this way the whole time. So we got to just really make sure we're on top of our game and uh, 
do everything we can possibly do to be ready for these places and try and get as much info as we can in the short amount of time we can. But, uh, besides that, you know, we don't, we don't have a 410 or anything, so we're not, don't have any like big shows or anything like that scheduled at all. So we'll probably just, uh, whatever, whatever we can fit in. And then, you know, if there's like a, like a 410 race or something on a weekday or like somebody needs a driver and they call me, then I'll go there. <laughs> but besides that, we're, we're pretty much just uh, committed to doing whatever we can do to challenge this national tour deal. Have you, have you ever done any non-wing stuff? I have, I've ran i I've ran a non-wing show at Grace Harbor raceway there. It was against, you know, the Northwest wingless tour. It was like, I don't know, a thousand bucks to win. There was probably 25 cars or something. We, we won the feature there and it was, it was really cool. I, I mean, what I did there is I just took the wing off of my, my 360 car that I always ran, you know, and I, we just did some different stuff and made it work that way. But then we ran a, a non-wing show at the same track, Grace Harbor Raceway. And I was in a, uh, and Thomas Walker's, he had a spike car and I, I put my 360 motor, my ASCS 360 motor in it. And like, man, it was, the track was fast and we were like wicked fast. Like we were fast time, won the dash. We were looking really stellar. And then the, uh, the thing rained out. So it was kind of disappointing, but it was like, I had a blast, you know, but I mean, I, to, to be honest, it was, you know, it was just the, the competition wasn't super strong or anything, but we, I felt pretty good. And I felt like, you know, we would, uh, we would shake out pretty decent against some, some all right guys. It was, it was really a fun time. Well, I think we've, uh, well, we've covered quite a bit. Yeah, we've gone all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know we've, we've had you on for over 40 minutes now. So has it really only been that long? Has it been that long? Yeah. Yeah. Time like flies it. when you're having yeah. fun. So <laughs> I really, right. I really enjoy this interview. Um, all joking aside about the, the pure stock and redneck looking, you know, stuff. Um, we are definitely fans here and we wish you the best of luck this season and continuing to watch you, um, excel at your craft and uh, make a name for yourself and, and make a living. All right. I appreciate you guys. And uh, hopefully I'll meet you here. One of these tracks on down the road. Oh yeah. yeah. You'll, oh, I'm you'll sure. Definitely will. I think there <laughs> might even be a, a couple of them that we might get to get on the track with you. So that'll yep. be fun. Perfect. So, well, we appreciate it and we will uh, see you soon. Looking forward to meeting you. All right. Take care guys. See Thank you. you. Thank you. Bye. Go ahead. I don't know about you guys, but <laughs> That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, I realized what I did too. Right right once I did it. What? Ask the question he's already answered the, the answer to. Yeah, it's all right. You do that a lot. <laughs> you you admit it off the air before the show even started that you don't pay attention. So no. <laughs> I just let it go. Yeah, I know. I'm just gonna cut your pay. <laughs> so, man, I I was a fan of his already. Um, but I I really wish him good good luck and great success. Uh, he seems like a pretty cool guy. He seems like a guy uh be cool to sit around and BS with. Mm-hmm. We could pretty much just watch him in lane bullshit the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, cause you guys, <laughs> but you guys know a bunch about the, I mean, he's from there. You've yeah. Been there. I've been there a couple of times, so it's a little easier to ask yeah. questions about from around there. But so. yeah, I'm, I feel re- like... I'm, re- I'm really to the point where what's your favorite track? Yeah. There? Yeah. <laughs> and I like thinking now there's like, there was, you know, there's questions I didn't even ask. You know, I would ask like, what tracks he looking forward to the most getting a race? Mm-hmm. You know, has he got to run at Knoxville? Is he looking for Knoxville Nationals, the three sixty well, Nationals? He did say he, he ran Knoxville. Say, he did say he did he? Yeah. yeah. So, you, so oh, I, should, oh, I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> apparently, I was probably thinking about the next question. So well, that's I, the, it's that, okay. No, that's the hard part about doing these things is you're 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 trying to listen yeah. and then move the conversation yeah. 
So yeah, something. But I'll listen. I'll I'll go back and listen to this episode like I do every week, and uh, it's fun. I critique myself, but I like to listen to the interviews because you'd be surprised at how many things in the interview that you didn't catch while you were doing the interview because you were mm-hmm. planning the next question. I, so. I I can't listen to myself. Can you listen to yourself, Lane? I like fast forward to the parts that I would like want to hear, or listen to, and then I'll just stop. I don't like listening to myself talk too yeah. much. <laughs> but if you'd listen to the whole episode, it'd really help our stats. I know, I understand <laughs> that part, but that's almost like wearing my own t-shirt too. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, well, ASCS regional action. Uh, we heard Josh Shipley kind of give us the rundown earlier about Arizona Speedway Southwest region with JT Imperial picking up the win, and then mm-hmm. uh, the the Santan Desert non-wing Zachary Madrid picking up that victory. Um, and then we talked about in the interview with JJ there, the Sooner and Warrior region, Ryan Timms picking up the first night and Dylan Westbrook the second night. We pretty so, much, he pretty much broke that down for yeah, us. Yeah, dude. I, he, he's got a career as an analyst or something, but I think that, that alludes to his his maybe his crew chief and analytical mindset too that he was talking about. So um, the elite non-wing ASCS sanctioned non-wing series there in Texas, RPM Speedway Friday night, Keith Martin picking up the victory, and then Saturday night at Monarch Motor Speedway, Paul White. Both of those names were no strangers to Victory Lane last year on this show. So, well, up next, our Haas Media Micro Minute brought to you by Haas Talks. And we got about a five-minute or so micro minute for you here. They had a big show, didn't they? They had Spring Fling. Yep. You will hear all about it here in the Micro Minute brought to you by Haas Talks. What's up, everybody? It's time for another edition of the Micro Minute on the podcast they call Passing Points. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Haas, you know, the guy from Haas Talks, the show where Haas talks, and it's time for the Micro Minute. Just a real quick one this week here. Let's get down to business. Friday night, night number one of the Spring Fling Nationals at Port City Raceway, 204 cars entered, 204 entries. That's pretty big, right? It's pretty big, pretty big. Um, Friday night, saw Tyler Crow winning the junior sprints. Newell, Jeffrey Newell won A-class. Garrett Benson won restrictor. John Kilmer won the turf tire. Jeff Griggs won sportsman. And non-wing and the outlaws were won by Frank Flude. Frank Flude out of prior Oklahoma won uh, non-wing and outlaw. Saturday, 208 entries. Wow. Junior sprints have been dominated by Tyler Crow. Tyler Crow won his fourth straight A feature um, Saturday night. Trey Robb won A class. Justice Sokol picked up his first career win, which was really cool in the restrictor division. He's from Peyton, Colorado, the Red Army. Shout out to those guys. Congratulations on your feature win. John Kilmer, turf tire winner. Justin Simpson picked up his uh, first win of the season. The Ju- Justin Simpson, he likes to be called Big Daddy sometimes. Don't know why. I mean, I haven't um, heard the full story. Jeffrey Newell was your winner in non-wing and Frank Flood again in the outlaw division. So an outstanding um, weekend there. 204 Friday, 208 Saturday. Not a bad car count. We appreciate everyone that came out. It was a lot of fun, a lot of work. Nonetheless, we got through it. We made it happen. I-44 kicked off their race season 
Saturday night. And Kinzer Bloomquist won the junior sprints. Now, down at I-44, they have something called the junior-junior trophy class. So they have almost like an entry-level junior sprint class, and that was won by Mason McBride. Uh, Sonny McNabb won the A-class. Jet Nunley won restrictor. Dalton Burley with turf tire. Shout-out to Dalton Burley. He's a good friend of mine, a buddy of mine. Um, and then Johnny B, Johnny Bolin, won non-wing with Frankie Bardaro winning the 600cc mini-mods. Now... We look ahead as to what's going on in the micro world. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. Here's what's happening this weekend in the micro world um, here in the Midwest. There may be some other things happening that I just overlooked, but hey, I'm in a hurry today. Lots going on in Haas's world. But nonetheless, here's what's happening. The now 600, 600cc mini mods kick off at Creek County Saturday night. So the mini mods will be at Creek County. The Lucas Oil National Open Wheel 600 Series presented by the High Plains Building Division is at Sweet Springs Motorsports Complex. No doubt going to be a good show. I, I like Sweet Springs. Fun little track to go to. Enjoy whenever I get to go there. It's a lot of fun. And then... Can I get a drum roll, please? It is finally time for the second annual Worko Manufacturing T-Town Midget Showdown right here at Port City Raceway. It's presented by the Race Redeem Foundation this year. It's great, great, great stuff is going to happen. USAC, NOS Energy Drink, National Midgets, along with Outlaw Non-Wing. So just two classes of cars running, expecting around 115 to 120 entries-ish. Um, hopefully we get more than that. You never know. Um, every single night, it starts Thursday night. And now here's the thing that if people are in the Tulsa area, I want you to, to listen up real quick. I want you to make plans to come out Thursday night and at least come into the general admission area. $20 to get you down in the pits right up next, close to all the drivers and everything else. But the general admission gate is going to be open free of charge. Come watch, come check out the drivers that'll be racing for over $43,000 in prize money. That's right, $43,000 in prize money. And then afterwards, stick around and hang out with us for the Fatheads Eyewear official after party. Thursday night will feature South the Vertical, so a live band outside, jams, drinks, and good times. Then the after party, Friday and Saturday, you're going to have me, DJ Haas, in here doing some karaoke. We'll do some music, some dancing, some fun. We'll have a good time. I can promise you that. Um, it's all going down starting Thursday, Friday, Saturday for the second annual Workco Manufacturing T-Town Showdown presented by the Race Rudine Foundation. Fatheads Eyewear after parties. Hardcore since 04. That's Fatheads Eyewear. Man. Going to be a good one. Hey, this has been the Micro Minute on the Passing Points podcast. Oh, my gosh. When he walked out, I was like, who is this little monster? Yeah, he's gotten... He's like a hoss. He just comes now. out there like... Mm, he's mm, so mm, heavy, mm. huh? I'm so glad when Haas does that for us because I just do not know mm -hmm. enough about the micro world, and he's embedded in it, and I'm so very appreciative for him doing that and being on the show with us and being a part of the show. Mm -hmm. uh, he's, he's an asset for sure to this show and we appreciate having him a part of it. So our Sooner State spotlight, pretty slim this week. Um, all we really got to talk about, uh, Creek County Speedway and Red Dirt Raceway both had a, uh, had to, some two barrel 305 sprint car races, uh, for their weekly shows. So Friday night, Red Dirt Raceway, Steven Shabester picked up the win. And, uh, then Saturday night at Creek County Speedway, Danny Smith, the old man in the orange taxi. 
getting her done. Mm-hmm. That is Danny Smith of Same Day Auto Repair, as in Passing Points Podcast presented by Same Day Auto Repair. <laughs> so good job to Danny Smith there. And uh, the shameless plug, give him the shout-out, man. We appreciate Danny here on the show. So uh, good to see him get a win there. And uh, that's pretty much it. You should have moved that to the front part of the show. Right. <laughs> yeah. Wait till the end of the show. and be like, oh, yeah, Danny Smith won. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so our pick challenge. Last week's results. I uh, did something wild and went, went out and picked Brady Bacon and picked up the win so mm-hmm. i'm uh happy about that must uh, be, he must be trying to get him on the show lane i know no i mean i would do it don't get me wrong i would do it but uh, i figure that ship has sailed a long time ago well anywho <laughs> uh i have seven points travis has four and lane is still sitting at zero so it's all right uh last week's results you had ktj finished 19th grant finished fourth i had bacon first so what pick, a run pick order for this week is lane and then Travis, then myself. And where are we picking? I haven't picked anything yet. So <laughs> I don't care. You guys tell me what do we Boot want to pick Hill this weekend. You want to do ASCS at yeah. Boot Hill? Boot Hill. Okay. Mm-hmm. That works for me. So, Lane, who you want to Boot Hill? I'm going to pick JJ Hickle. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> he went with the hick. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, Travis? He's going to end up being a regular, isn't he? Who? J.J. Hickle. Like on the show? Yes. He was fun, man. <laughs> I enjoyed it. He might be our unofficial fourth co-host from time to time. I guess We're going to have to check in I with him on the road. I guess if he's just stuck around here, we'll just invite him oh, over. Oh, yeah. If he's anywhere in the area. <laughs> yeah, totally. Come on over, bud. Uh, Well, if he's going with him, I'm going to go with Seth. God, that's how I want it with Bergman. <laughs> that, that's, just, that, that's a shot kind of at lane for mm-hmm. shots, 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 shots. Uh oh! I just typed Bergman by my name. Can I have him? No. Uh, uh yeah. No, no, no. No, no, it's okay. no, 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 no. No, I'll for a fee. No, I'm good. I'll sell him to you. Trade you a point. A point for a pick. That's good. That's fine. That's good. That's good. That's a good deal. <laughs> it it kind of is, but I'm not doing it. Oh. Um, man. <sighs> I'm gonna take Blake. Solid. Yep. That's between him or Baguski. You would. <laughs> so take Blake on. Well, uh, that's our pick'em segment. We'll see how that turns out. Uh, chance at Lane to get his first point of the season. So I know he was uh, he whooped us bad enough last year. I have a feeling he's just spotting us this year. I'm just sandbagging. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, reminder: upcoming races this weekend. Now 600. Uh, up next for them, April 9th and 10th, Sweet Springs, Missouri. So Terry Maddox and his now 600 micros getting back at it. Uh, USAC Midgets, April 9th to 10th at Port City. ASCS, April 10th at Boot Hill Speedway, Greenwood, Greenwood, Louisiana. And then the World of Outlaws, Kokomo Friday and Tri-State Saturday there in Indiana. So a lot of good racing to look forward to this weekend. Great show, fellas. Yeah, that was a good one. That was a really good one. Yep. Yep. I enjoyed it a lot. Looking forward to next week. Yeah. Next. I tell you what, after this show, I'm actually just looking forward to meeting JJ Hickle and hanging out. <laughs> like, especially now that I know you he's know closer to my age well, and he's not a kid. Time, time yeah. out, time, you know what we should do? It, for an off weekend when he's not racing sprint cars, try to get him a factory stock ride. <laughs> oh, dude, that would be Jeez. great. <laughs> I know some people. <laughs> so, or we could just let it die. Yeah. No, it's not going to die because <laughs> you're the butt of the joke. Yeah, I know. 
So. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, if you haven't already, please follow us and like us on social media at Passing Points Podcast on Facebook at Passing underscore points on Twitter and at Passing Points Podcast on Instagram. And if you haven't found your favorite place to listen yet, um, obviously you're listening if you're hearing this, but we're on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, TuneIn, iHeart, or our Buzzsprout site at PassingPoints.Buzzsprout.com. Thank you again to our partners for their continued support of the show. Same day auto repair, A1 machine shop, and speed stick shocks. We could not be more proud to have you guys a part of the show. And all you fans out there, thank you for listening to episode number 56 of Passing Points Podcast presented by Same Day Auto Repair. We'll talk to you next week. You're listening to Passing Points, everything ASCS, brought to you by MTR Productions. <laughs>